And uh, to chat about it, we're joined now by our T.O. son, hockey analyst out in Ottawa. See, we do Ottawa. We love Ottawa. Here's Mark Mathot joining us on the Maple Toyota Hotline. What's happening, Mark? Not much, Hazy. I, I wanted to tell Noodle something because he wasn't there the last time I came on. And, and Noodle, Oda called me soft on the Uh-oh. last episode that I came on with you guys. Well, he called me a fraud, but I kind of keep basically the same thing. And all Dude, I never I said this, that. Look, I got this nasty head cold, like brutal. I got it from Regina, I think. And yeah. uh, But I could have canceled 10 minutes ago. I could have canceled an hour ago, but I'm here, and I'm battling through it. So I just felt like I had to clear the air there. That's a There's, grinder right uh, there. You were carving the people on the plane, too. You were like, people were farting and sneezing. <laughs> On this on this plane, and it was disgusting, and I had to breathe through it. But I'm alive, like you just, like you were with Rambo on one of his missions. <laughs> Have you guys ever flown an Air Canada Rouge flight? Like I love. Don't get me wrong, I'm not chirping Air Canada, but they're tight, man, and uh, and I'm a big guy. Yeah, well, it is. I know what you're talking about. I've, I've flown with Tyson Nash, and his nose just sucks up all the oxygen in the plane, so there's, there's nothing for everybody else's. So honestly, those planes can get tight, especially like a little commuter going into Regina. Uh, yeah. You know, the planes aren't the biggest planes in the world. So, yes, there is yeah. some, some breathing issues, I can imagine. For sure, for sure. Right. Well, listen, Cal Ripken on the line. We love it, man. Battling through and yeah. making sure he does the hit. But we <laughs> we were talking about this Tampa Bay situation, um, where you know the Stars are getting benched for a game and or for a period. Then they go to Carolina, they get crushed, and they're all four and one in the last five. Like, what's your what's your read on what what Cooper's trying to accomplish here? And are you a believer that these guys are just going to snap out of it anyway? And the regular season just is not not valuable enough for them because they've been through it all the last three years well it's hard to you know, i heard the tail end of that conversation it's, it's hard to write them off because you know you just get that sensation coming into this stretch especially into the spring where you think they're just going to turn it up because they played a lot of hockey i don't know what other conversation you had about the team but like when you go the stretch that distance for how many years consecutively it wears on you as a player and they've got some players that have been through the ringer now you know, through that through that time period. So for me, am I really that surprised? I mean, at some point, you'd think it was a matter of time where they'd start to regress a little bit. They're still obviously an excellent hockey club, especially if they're healthy. And Kucherov is going to do his thing. We all know him. He's kind of kind of looks like he's out to lunch at times on the ice, and then he'll just figure it out and you know make a couple of incredible plays. But you know, the way that Coop's been handling it all that, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like his message is getting old because he's an incredible coach, so I'm not even going to go there. I can't, I can't imagine that he's lost the room. I think it's just you've got a group where, you know, some of these players, like even like Stammer and Point, like they've played so much, and you have to think at some point that you're going to burn out a little bit. And, I mean, we're not in the room. We don't know what's going on, but we do know they have a ton of great leadership. They made some great moves. I love Tanner Jadot. I think he's fantastic, especially for an energy player. Uh, but then you saw the other night, Hedman goes down, looks like he gets injured there on that one play after taking a hit. So for me, it's just like that's just wear and tear. And I, I don't know if they've lost the room or if they're, not, they're tuning out Cooper or not. I, I can't imagine they're doing that. But, um, yeah, it's perplexing a little bit, but it's helping out Ottawa. If they can catch up, that would be great too. Well, they're not possibly going to catch Tampa, though, Matt. Like, we have to be real here, Matt. <laughs> it's a real program. Okay. Come on, like we have journalistic integrity here. But oh, it's sure. gonna, 
it's got to be, a, I mean, an optimistic view today in Ottawa. I mean, they've won five in a row, and they're, they're definitely in the wild card race for sure. Yeah, the boys are rolling right now, and I think um, it couldn't happen at a better time. I mean, I mean, it's amazing how much the fans here are just, like, reinvigorated and engaged again. And, and it's the talk of the town, and all that kind of coincides with bringing in Jacob Chikrin, which, you know, was, was a master class job from Pierre Dorian to bring him in. He was patient, waited, and we all, you know, myself included, we just assumed there was really nothing that was going to happen because I don't think a lot of people pegged Ottawa for being a buyer, obviously, but Chikrin fits the bill. He's got term left, and he's from he's got family ties here in the area, so um, they're just they're playing real good hockey. They're getting good scoring now from some depth players. They're starting to chip in, and like players like Matthew Joseph, even Derek Broussard, and some of the other third or fourth line guys are, are, are putting up some points. So mix that in with some pretty good goaltending from Sogard, and you know they're, they're doing well. So. I know they haven't played the best teams. I mean, they absolutely owned Detroit in that back-to-back. I'm sure you guys sort of followed that a little bit. Oh, but yeah. Their, their schedule, though, their schedule doesn't do them any favors moving forward. They're going to be playing some pretty good teams now. So you've got the West Swing, a couple games against Carolina. You've got the Avs going to be coming into town at some point. So um, I think people are just happy that they're in the mix, you know, and um, anything beyond that is just bonus at this point. Matthew, if you take a look back at, at this team and the way that they've been playing now, you know, people have asked me, and I circle two things. The injury to Talbot at the start of the year, the first five weeks, you, you know, you, you're forced to yep. run Anton Forsberg. And then the other one is Josh Norris' injury from, from game two. Like, if they yep. would have had a little bit better, and I know in hindsight, all these teams that miss the playoffs will circle one or two things and go, okay, that was the difference. Um, do you really feel like, the start and maybe losing key players. You throw in Anton Zub in there as well, who missed a big part of uh, the season. Yeah, you throw the injuries and maybe inconsistencies to start the season. The reason why they, if they do miss, that would be it. Well, you would think, and, and good teams just find a way, even if there are injuries. So I don't like using right. that as an excuse, right? And yeah. I know you guys know that, but but when we're talking the number the number one center, Josh Norris, right? And he's not only offensive and could potentially put up 40 goals, he's pretty sound defensively. And then, so you lose him for most of the season. Artem Zub in and out of the lineup most of the year, who is essentially their only real good stay-at-home defenseman on the team. And then, you know, it just, that compounds. But I, I think for me, it's just the team's just slowly gotten better and they're, they're still growing. And that's, an, that's another thing. I mean, the, the team growth from, from that young core, they're learning and, Having a player like Claude Giroux around, Derek Broussard, um, that certainly helps, and they're learning a ton from those guys. And then the emergence of Jake Sanderson. Like, you, you've watched him a ton, Noodles. Like, how good has he been? So you have all those little pieces that are slowly kind of coming in now at the right time. And I always thought Zaitsev was a mess here in Ottawa. I don't like bashing players. It, it hurts me to do that. But, like, that was just a mess. And he was up and down the lineup. They had him up on the top pairing with Thomas Shabbat. Shabbat, who was playing, you know, close to 30 minutes on some nights, that was an anchor that he was playing with. So you get rid of him, and you bring in Jacob Chikrin now, and it just levels off that back end. So I really like where the team's heading. I, I you know, you could have, would have, should I guess, if you look at the start of the season. There's not much you could do about that now. But really promising to me, at least, looking forward into next year. And as I mentioned earlier, if they can make the postseason this year, just by chance, if things just sort of go their way and the stars align, then they're, it's fantastic. And, and I know that uh, the organization and the fan base will be really excited about that. So a lot of good stuff to look forward to. Meth, I know you went with Jason Strudwick and bought a Marner jersey with him, and you guys wear them all the time. 
<laughs> what do you think of the lease transactions? Just as far as all the stuff that you used to bring to the table, you know, intangibles, grit. Do you do you like what they did? Well, I like the cave. Like I know we talked about Achari last time I came on, and O'Reilly, and those. I even Achari, I put a lot of emphasis on him. Those guys, and you guys know this. Like when you're playing in those big playoff games with all the emphasis on your top lines, when you know like you're zeroing in on Matthews or Barn or whoever, and they maybe get snake bitten a little bit. You need your depth guys to pull through for you. So I, I like what I like what Kyle Dubas did there, and um, I, I don't mind what he did on the back end either. Got a couple extra bodies, and certainly with the struggles that you're starting to see a little bit with Riley, we talked about him a little bit last time when I came on, and I know he's been taking a lot of heat lately online, but I mean for now you've got good depth, and, and I think that's all you really need at this point. I know people are probably panicking a little with some of these injuries that you're facing at the moment, but. I don't see the re- any reason to. You know, I mean, even with Tavares, like being day to day potentially O'Reilly, big deal. It's gonna hurt you. It's gonna hurt you down the middle a little bit, sure, temporarily. But you're still a playoff team. You're still gonna get O'Reilly in the postseason. So, uh, to me, Toronto's still in a really good spot. My only concern, and I'm sure you guys will probably shoot it down right away, is still gonna be the goaltending a little bit. But well, that's what that, I wanted to ask you, Meth. In yeah. your heart of hearts. What do you think the likelihood of Matt Murray getting being healthy come the start of the playoffs and being able to perform at the same time? Those two oh. things put together. Just uh, give me your honest like answer. I, I don't – well, honestly, I don't trust it. You know, and I, that's not me being a troll. I know in Ottawa and I could be hard on the fan base there, but uh, for me, I would say no. I don't trust him. I would be praying that Samsonov just figures it out here in these last – what, 19 or 20 games that you guys have left. And then you have him just take the ball and roll with it. But Noodles is your, your resident expert in goal. He would know way more than I would. But just having seen Matt Murray in Ottawa quite a bit, right when you thought or when you would think things started kind of moving along and things are good, then he'd either get injured or just lay an egg. So that would be my really hard, sobering assessment. But, again, it's like who knows at this point. He's just very unpredictable. And that, that, make, that to me, is unsettling. The fact that he's unpredictable and we're even having this conversation right now. Yeah, and I don't expect it will change. He, even if he plays and stays healthy and stays consistent, I, I think the last few years have taught everyone you kind of have to be prepared for that next injury or that next Agreed. absence from Matt Murray, and that's just right. where we are. Um, and you mentioned Morgan Riley, and, and he is taking a lot of heat. And and I oh, think yeah. a lot of it is deserved criticism. He is not playing well. Like He's on for a lot of goals against I think it's gone. It's swung too far, you know, the opposite way where where people are really yeah. freaking out. Some people thinking, you know, run him out of town. I think that's crazy right now. But as a defenseman, if you're his, if you're on on his right side, like if you're paired with Riley, are you aware of that? Like, are you aware that he's struggling? Are you aware that he's taking heat? And if so, does that how does that factor into the pairing? You know, the guy on the oh. other side of the ice. Of course, yeah, of course it's, it, you're going to be aware of it because you're eating minuses with them, right? And, and, and it's, it's going to affect your game. Uh, so, you know, when we went through some stretches when I was playing with Carlson and we would struggle occasionally, I mean, it would, it would affect one another. If I was off my game, you know, I'd hear about it. I'd get to the bench and he'd tell me to wake up or whatever it was. Like, we'd have some very heated battles at times when we were playing together. And, you know, it was to the point where I'd have to be like, just keeping my mouth shut because I'm worried about a camera catching it or something you know so i think in this case um you know i I, i've been watching a little bit lately and a big one for me just seems like there's a little bit 
like the mobility has lacked a little bit and maybe some of the decision-making where he's trying to do too much, kind of like what Thomas Shabbat was going through in Ottawa. But I know that the analytics, like the underlying numbers with him, like the eye test tells the story, but so do the analytics. And that's the scary part. It's like he really is struggling at the moment. So you got to get him out of that funk. Now, you can't bury him or take him out of the lineup. But you need him running here, going into that playoff with a head of steam. You can't be burying his confidence early on. So it's a very delicate thing. And when a defenseman is struggling, it's, it's magnified, right? Because the goals are popping in right behind you. Everyone notices uh, because you're basically that last line of defense, but, you know, before your goaltender. So I feel for him. I know he's a real good guy. I played with him at the World Championships. Really nice um, guy that you want to play for. But, um, you know, it's, you're in win-now mode in Toronto, and, you know, you can't be worried about hurting someone's feelings if things are going well. You have to send a message. So I don't envy, um, you know, Sheldon Keefe's position. That's really tough to be in because, you know, he's one of your star guys that have been there for so long. So only really, only he knows how to really manage him accordingly. But something's got to give eventually because, you know, the time's running out here. Yeah, for sure. And, and I mean, the fact of the matter is when, when Riley was out with injury, they, they were playing their best hockey. You know, yep. defensively, Giordano and Hall were bringing a lot. Lilligren was bringing a lot. Sandine was moving up and giving minutes. He had Jordy Ben filling in at times. Yep. And, you know, they've, they've got to figure this out. And, and Riley's right. not coming out of the lineup, nor should he, because of who he is and what he's capable of doing. He's never been, you know, Scott Stevens back there. But he's got he's got to supply offense. Like you mentioned Carlson, he very rarely had spurts in his time in Ottawa where he wasn't putting up offense. But I'm sure if it went three or four games where it was off, like that would feel like an eternity, wouldn't it? Like if you're yeah. if you're known as an offensive guy, like that's how Riley can bounce back here. Start filling the net, start supplying offense, start bringing you know getting up in the play, and and that's when he's at his best. And if it's not there, man, it it just it's even more glaring. Yeah, you just you he, you nailed it right there, Hazy. He just needs a couple of bounces to go his way, right? Like it it, it could be a, an awful looking goal, but if you could just get a stat line where it has at least a one on it and zero, no no more donuts. I think for me, like even as a stay at home guy on defense, anytime I got a point, I got confident right away. And, and and it couldn't happen at a better time in a game than in the first period. You get that point, maybe a goal or a secondary assist. God knows I didn't provide a ton of primaries, but. But I felt good about myself after, right? So for Riley, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I need to tell him what to do. I mean, he's been around for so long. He's played a ton of hockey. Um, he's just, he's in it right now, right? And when you're in one, you start overthinking a little bit and it's, and it's magnified when you're playing in Toronto because, you know, God forbid he's reading the newspapers or he's online, you know, searching his name. I would assume he's not doing that. But, um, you know, just, just looking at the threads online under some of the posts, I mean, people are, people are vicious. Yep. And they're, they're pretty critical of his play. So, you know, it's, it's, it's not fun when you're in that position as a player, but you're really the only guy that can get out of it. And it's by doing what you just said, jumping up in the play, just trying to get a lucky goal here and there, and all of a sudden your confidence starts to build again. So I'm not really worried about it per se, but it has to happen soon. Just a quick follow-up on that, Matt, too. Don't you think they should put him with a partner he's comfortable with? Like Luke Shen, is, is, he shouldn't be playing with Luke Shen. Like no, I just, I, I know that was a nice not. little sentiment the other night and all of that, but like, he, to me, he should have a partner he's either familiar with, has chemistry with, and and develop that situation. It might be Brody. Go back to Brody and just because mm. yeah. Brody is stable with him, that's familiarity. A lot of times can help break you out of a funk if you have you know a guy what, that we're in his best years with that uh, Ron Hainsey guy. Mm-hmm. Well, stability. So, you know what? Put him with put him with Jake McCabe and let him do his thing. But, Maybe but, that'll bring. Uh, I, I, I don't know. 
It just, I, you know what, I was a nice story the other night having Luke Shan playing, you know, former team and all of that, but Luke Shan has to play where he's slotted to play, unless you really feel like, hey, we're going to hide Riley on a third pairing and keep him away from yeah. everybody. Cool. I just would rather have him play with somebody who could provide that stability and you have chemistry yep. with. I don't know how you yeah. feel. No, I, I agree. It, 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 it's like Luke Shen. I mean, what do you say? Like, you know, I watched him a little bit the other night on one of the goals and he kind of got a little lost around the net. I mean, he's, he's toward the end of his career. I think I'm, I think I'm allowed to say that. Mm-hmm. So yep. he's, not, he's not the guy that you're pairing with Morgan Riley. It just doesn't work. Now, I can understand why they did it there, but, yeah, like a player like McCabe, prime example. Now, you need someone. You need, you need the familiarity, of course. That's important because you learn each other's tendencies. Like, you know, with, with, with what I, and I keep bringing up Eric because I played with him a lot, but, like, I knew where he was. When I was going to get a loose puck in the corner, I knew that Eric was going to be right above the hash marks looking to basically another centerman looking to get out of the zone, right? So everything was more automatic. So those, those split seconds that you spend trying to figure out where, you're going to, where your partner is, all that is gone when you have a guy that you're familiar with. So, you know, I, whoever Riley's usual partner would be is the guy, obviously, that I would play him with. But anybody who you would consider a cooler, a guy that can play with a little bit of pace, a decent skater, that doesn't try to reinvent the wheel on the back end. I mean, that to me is, that's your partner for Riley, right? Just a guy that's there to protect him, there to be there, that outlet play for him if he's in trouble. And that's it. I wouldn't even go beyond that. But, I mean, again, familiarity, as you mentioned, Noodles, is very important. But I think for me at this point, it's just he just needs to get luckier for a game. Get, get him a good stat line. Get him out there in good situations where you know he can succeed in. And, uh, you know, not against those top lines per se, but maybe like second and third lines when you have the matchup at home. Get his confidence back, and he'll be rolling again. All right, Mark, we'll leave it there. Thank you for battling through, buddy. We appreciate yeah. <laughs> it. We'll do it again down the road. Okay, guys. Thanks for having me. There he is, Mark uh, Mathot, joining us here on the Maple Toyota Hotline. Build your next dream Toyota at Maple Toyota and check out Maple Toyota's pre-owned inventory arriving daily. It's time to Toyota. Visit mapletoyota.com. Yeah, I would suggest Morgan Riley don't do a Twitter search. Like, people are freaking out. And, and listen, he deserves criticism for his play. He's a pro. He's a big boy. He's been in the league for a long time. He's an important piece. He has to get better. Has to get better. But he has been known, you know, he has hot, he has hot runs and cold runs, and this year has not been an overly consistent year for him. And he's had but, smooth sailing. He hasn't really dealt with any adversity or any backlash, so... He's a pro. He understands it, and he's just got to go through the grind to get through it. There, there's only one way out of it, and you yeah. got to grind. He's got yeah. to. He's, he's like maybe he won't be their number one, like defined defenseman come playoff time, or by the end of the first series, you may not look back and say, "Wow, he played the most minutes or the most impact." But he mm. he got to be in the top four, right? Like it can't be. Wow, he was a mess. He, it can't. And I'm always a big believer. I, I never really discussed it with a defenseman, but as a skilled forward who was a power play guy and a one-timer, if it wasn't working for me, I would try to focus on something else, try to be the hardest working guy on the ice and hit every single thing that moved. So maybe for the defensive part, for Morgan Riley being a D-man, forget about lugging the puck off the ice, forget about the points and the quarterbacking the power play and simplify and just say, no one's going to get by me. I'm going to stop every cycle. I'm going to hit every guy. That, my assignments, I'm going to be physical, maybe even overly physical. So it takes the mindset away from the skill game. And then once you do that, maybe it'll take the focus away from it, and it'll flow easier. And he'll get a lucky break and jump into the rush. 
Just focus on something well, different. You can do that five on five. Oh, he's going to get looks on the power play, so you can get points on the power play yeah. if you you know put it put it on a tee for Matthews or Marner or Tavares. Simple or, goals, Jamie. Like, Just exactly. tell yourself I'm going to be a plus tonight. Right. No matter and what happens in this game, I'm going to be a plus. And five on five, you just relax. Like you say, simplify your game. And I, I still believe he needs to have a partner that can help stabilize too. You know, and, and, and somebody who can keep up to the pace and somebody who can be, you know, a, a real support system. I like to. Well, then sit yeah. him down and ask him who he wants to play with. I think he's yeah. good enough where he deserves that. Yeah, Hayes, former true. defenseman, your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think. Possibly you go back to Brody. Um, I, I just wonder what Keith has planned for the playoffs. Like, if you recall last year, it was Brody and Muzzin were kind of the shutdown pair. And I kind of sense he wants to go there again, Brody McCabe, possibly. And then that leaves Riley. He can't play with Justin Hall. It's been a mess when they've played together. So I guess you're looking at Lilligren. It can't be Shen, to your point. Shen's a 6 or a 7 well, playing 12 I, or 13 minutes. That's what I, he is. You're right. Like, and I think Shen uh, Hall would kind of rotate, yeah. you know, in and out for me, just based on where you believe they are. Like Lilligren, I think that's why I think it has to be Riley Brody and McCabe and Lilligren, and then Giordano and or Shen or Hall. I just could based see that. on, but you need Morgan Riley to play like a top pairing defenseman. He's like got to build up whoever he's with. capable of doing. Exactly, yes, but he's he's yeah. got to get there. It's amazing what can happen in a week, right? Yeah, you know they they come off a great win in Seattle. Matthews scores two, and then the deals start pouring in. And now you look at it; they got you know crushed in Edmonton. They lose in Vancouver. O'Reilly's on the long term IR. He's got a broken finger. We be, they said he'll be back for the playoffs, and there's no reason to believe that won't be the case, right? That yeah. he'll return, he'll be fine, he'll return to wherever he's going to play, and he'll be okay. But Tavares. Not feeling well, but he skates today, but he's already out tomorrow. Something's up there. Like I, I think most people, if you're not feeling well, why would you conclude you're definitely not playing tomorrow? What if you wake up tomorrow and feel 100%? Right? Like he, he took a couple of big hits. Maybe it's a load management thing, which they've afforded themselves because they have such a buffer on the playoff situation. Right? Not so much on home ice. Tampa's five points back. But you got to give Tavares some time off. you got to give Matthews some time off to reset. Go for it. Right? But with O'Reilly out, it's if Tavares is out, O'Reilly's out, Matthews is missing shifts. Like it's a different looking team, yeah. You know? And that's not going to play. Figure anyone. it out, but, but you yeah. got to figure it out. And they've yeah. done that to their credit. They've done that. They've had injuries really all year. You know, big guys have been in and out of the lineup, and they found a way to stay consistent. I think they bounce back tomorrow. I would expect that. Raptors in Denver tonight. Jack Armstrong will join us. We'll start teeing that up. We'll get his take on Jokic going for a three-peat MVP. John Morant, is this guy trying to throw his career away? What is he doing? It's just every day there's something else with this guy. So we'll catch up with Jack a little bit later. There's more today? Well, I mean, no. What else did you need other than the Instagram and the The gun? Yeah, strip club video with the gun? Yeah. You don't think think that's enough? That's probably (laughs) enough to get us through a week before we need another John Morant story. (laughs) Exactly. It just doesn't stop with this guy. So Jack on that more still to come. Overdrive continues. TSN 1050 and on TSN 2.